Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. So if you want to open up your Bibles this evening, we're going to be reading in 1 Kings. Amen. First Kings nineteen one through thirteen. Praise the Lord. And so people listen to traffic reports for heading to work so they can find out about the conditions, amen. They cannot see. And so these traffic reports are normally provided by a person flying around in a helicopter. Um Today, um, I don't know if it's here, but they got, they have cameras all over, amen, Houston. And so they, they give the weather report, uh, these cameras all, all over. But, um, you know, they, they used to use helicopter. And so they use the helicopters or the cameras, amen, for an advantage point, for a vantage point. And so the proof that people listen to the traffic reports and believe them is evident by the decisions on which, amen, they decide to take the routes, their routes. And so people don't just listen to the traffic reports, oh, for, li- for their listening pleasure, amen. I don't like to listen to traffic reports, amen. It's not pleasurable. I like to listen, amen, to music, amen, to, to lift up my spirit for pleasure. And so they listen, amen, to get information on these stations. They, amen, they cannot see themselves. And so as Christians, we need eyes that we do not have. And God has a greater vantage point and provides that information to us, amen, in his word. And I'm, how many of us know that as we read the Word of God, as we look into the Word of God, God reveals things to us. Man, we're, we're not just left blind in this world to try to navigate ourselves in this life with all the pleasures, I mean pressures, amen, and you know all the obstacles in this world, but God has given us, amen, His living Word, His inspired Word, amen, that we would navigate through this life. Amen. And God put it there for a purpose. And so 1 Kings 19, 1 through 13 says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to a, a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to uh, Judah. And then he left a servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under the broom tree. Amen. And so don't go to the wilderness. It's not a good place. Amen. It's a lonely place. And that's exactly where the devil wants you. And he asked that he might die, saying, It's enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise, 
Amen. And he, and he looked, and behold, there was, amen, at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And then he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey, amen, is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights to Hebron, the mountain of or the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" And he said, "I have been very zealous or jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And even I, amen, even I alone am left, and they seek to, uh, my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a strong great wind, amen, tore the mountains and broke it to pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after that, the earthquake, the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low, amen, whisper. And Elijah, when he heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Amen. Let's pray. God, we pray this evening that we would know your people, Lord God, the importance of your word, my King, Lord God, that it is food for us, Lord God, for this long journey in life, Lord God, that we would feed on it, Lord God, that we would have spiritual strength within us, Lord God, to deal with the situations of life, Lord God, as they come unto us unexpectedly. We thank you, Lord God. We ask you to move, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to give us a revelation, Lord God, this evening, Lord God, for your word is power, my King, Lord God, that it would pierce our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so I want to look at this evening that God provides. The Lord provides, amen, in seasons. Because how many of us know that there's seasons in our lives? There's good seasons and there's bad seasons. We all go through seasons in our lives. There's low seasons and there's high seasons. Just like the seasons that, that you see, amen, in our atmosphere, there's, there's the season of spring, summer, fall, and winter. And you see these seasons, and you see the, the times change. You see the temperature change. And so this is true also for the walk, amen, of a Christian. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says this, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the sun. And so God works Amen. In our lives through seasons. But Elijah, in our story, he is in a season of crisis. And so he receives a message from this woman Jezebel. And so he goes on the run. He's just come off a victorious, amen, victory for, his, for the church. But now the attack is personal in his own life. How many of us know that sometimes we can feel like we're, we can conquer the world? We can do anything for God. And then sometimes we feel, amen, like we're in the, in our, in the low life. 
And we can feel, amen, that we're, we've hit rock bottom sometimes, even in our spiritual lives. And this is where Elijah is. He goes on a frenzy. And so when the attack is against a group, we bear up arms. But how about when it's personable, personal? You know, you see people, they get in a group, amen, there, there's a fight going on, amen, maybe two or three against one, and everybody's ready to jump in. But when it's personal, when you're by yourself against the, the big, brawny guy, amen, this is personal. Man, many times, amen, construction workers during the spring and summer, they think it's great to go to work. But winter comes, they're not ready for that season. I remember when I came here, I was just used to working in the heat all the time in Texas. And I'm like, man, it's, it's hot. I can do hot. But I don't know about the winters here. It just gets down into my bones. I, I, I'm skinny, I guess. I don't know. It gets, it gets in my bones, and I'm like, I feel it. I feel it in my feet. I feel it all over my body. Amen. So what do you do? Amen. You just you just bundle up. But some people, you know, they're 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 um, they're ready, you know, in certain seasons, but in other seasons they're not. Proverbs thirteen twelve says this: Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. And so when you are sick, the last thing you want to do, Amen, is eat. Think about this. But the first thing the doctor tells you is to eat. And so why does the doctor tell you to eat? You don't have an appetite. You're weak. You don't want to do anything. You're under the covers. You're sick. You may, you may have a fever. You may have a cold. But the doctor tells you to eat. And it's because there's strength, amen, in you eating. And so when we feast, amen, upon God's word, amen, it gives us strength. And God is able, amen, to provide strength to us through his word. Jehovah Jireh, amen, that, that means that God is a provider for us. Abraham, he goes on Mount Moriah with his son Isaac. God tells him to sacrifice his son, the promised son, upon this mountain, and so Abraham, amen, is going to do what God tells him to do. He doesn't question God. He just starts climbing the hill. And no doubt as he's climbing the, the mountain, he's thinking in his mind, God, do you really want me to do this? And, but God shows up, amen, and he provides a ram. He provides, amen, a sacrifice for Abraham. And so God provides, he always provides, amen, through his word. How many of us know that God gave Abraham a promise? That he was going to have a son, and not just a son, a son, amen, of his, that would receive his inheritance. Amen. And God wasn't going to kill his son, because it was something that was promised to Abraham by his word. And so here in our text, God has provided, amen, meat, amen, and the coals for Elijah. And I want to say that this is not the first time. 
God's always willing to provide, amen, in every season through His Word, amen, for our spiritual needs, for our spiritual benefit, amen, that you and I, amen, can endure, that you and I can go, amen, through the seasons of life. And I want to say that God is willing to provide in every season. And 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, it says, He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And so this is something spiritual, amen, that the Bible speaks. Notice here the word righteousness. Um, increase the harvest for, amen, of your righteousness. And so these promises are not physical only, but there's spiritual promise for our lives, amen, that we may be able to serve the Lord. Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. Second Peter 1, 3 says this, And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so our God, amen, through his word has, has, has provided everything, amen, for our spiritual nourishment. Amen. I want to take a look secondly at bearing the responsibility and so our responsibility, we see here that the faithfulness of God is evident over and over in His Word. Amen. And so the next step belongs to you and I. And so the angel of the Lord comes to Elijah and he commands him to arise and eat. What we see here in our generation today as Christians, amen, is one, amen, who believes in provision, but not taking the responsibility of their own salvation. How many of us know the Bible tells us to work our, out our own salvation in fear and trembling? It's, it's like the, the person to get, that gets caught, amen, in an act. A lot of times they, they don't want to come to the realization of what they've done or their acts, amen, and and it's so also for, you know, the people of God. Sometimes we don't want to take accountability, amen, for just, amen, our lack in, in our walk with God. And so the text, amen, is a lack of reverence, amen, for God's word in our text, amen. And so the first time he awakens, he's awakened by the angel of God. And so think about this. This man goes back to sleep instead of eating. Elijah goes back to sleep instead of eating. Instead of waking up, amen, and realizing that he needs to eat, he goes back to sleep. Proverbs twenty six fifteen says this, lazy man buries his hand in his bowl. It wearies him to bring it back up to his mouth. And so sleep has always been an issue, amen, among Christians. Think about when Jesus had to wake up his disciples. And he did this twice. He said, pray lest thy be tempted. And so this is a crucial time in Jesus' ministry. 
and a crucial time in the disciples' ministry because they were about to lose, the, lose their master. Their master was about to leave. Their master was about to get taken up. Amen. And so Jesus tells them to pray. Jesus tells them to have a relationship with their father. He tells them to pray, and he does this two times. He, t- he tells them to wake up and pray. And so people want to blame, amen, their persistent spiritual condition on everyone else but themselves. How many of us know, amen, sometimes you've heard this say, well, they're not feeding me here. But I want to say the church, amen, is simply a supplement, amen, of our Christianity. The church, amen, or the preaching is, you know, it stirs your faith. It stirs you, amen. It does something in you. It, it stirs you to faith, amen. But then you need to yourself feed yourself. A lot of times we stress being in church. And so the backlash of that is that we don't feel the need, amen, to have a daily devotion with God. Amen. And so a lot of times people have this victim mentality. And so no one, amen, likes me, no one here, amen. I am left alone, and that's what Elijah is saying in his scripture. There was a man in, in the Houston church where, you know, you would, you would uh, talk to him, you would try to give him spiritual advice, but nothing was enough for him. And nothing that you would do for him was enough for him. But the problem was, amen, that the problem wasn't with the church, it was his relationship with Jesus Christ. It was his communion with God because how many of us know that when our communion with God is right, when our relationship with God is right, everything else falls in place. We're more pleasant, amen. We're not so distraught, amen, in our life life, or whatever we may be going through. And I've noticed this in my own walk with God. When I am distant from God, everything seems to go wrong because it's the spiritual issue in my heart with, my, with the relationship of my maker. And so it's key that you and I, we have a relationship on a daily basis with God because He is the one, amen, that truly helps us in our spiritual need. And so... This man, amen, a lot of times he didn't want to take accountability for his relationship with God or for his actions. And so there is a spiritual, amen, delusion in the world that my salvation is all up to God and all up to the people around me. Amen. And so when, you, when we stand before God, amen, I'm not going to, when you stand before God, I'm not going to be next to you. It's going to be you, Jesus, and God. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, they're going to be there. 
I'm not going to be there. Nobody else is going to be there but you, the Son, and God. So we need to, amen, nourish ourselves. We need to take accountability, amen, for the things we do or do not do in our lives. And so the need for nourishment in our text, it says that he goes on for 40 days and 40 nights. And so this represents a seasoning, amen, a season, sorry, a season, amen, where, where, where things are going to transpire. Think about Noah. He's 40 days, amen, on the ark. So there's things happening. Moses goes on, on the mountain of God. God's preparing him. Jesus Christ, he's in the wilderness. Jesus Christ is being prepared for the cross. And so the nourishment is critical to providing strength in this journey of life. It is possible that God provides only, amen, for what we need, amen, for that journey. But I want to say that the hunger pains will arise again. How many of us know that, that we don't just eat? And we're, okay, we're satisfied. Well, we might be satisfied till next year because it's, it's closely approaching. But when you start in January and you just eat one time, how many of us know that you don't just eat in January and it's going to sustain you to the next January? It's not. It's on a daily basis, amen. It's for the time being, amen, that you nourish yourself, amen, to, to uh, amen, for the need maybe of that day or of that week, amen. And so we need to nourish ourselves on a daily basis, amen. I need to pray, Amen. To, for, for God to give me the ability, amen, to give me discernment for the day ahead of me. And so we need to, amen, nourish ourselves. The reality is that serving the Lord for any amount of time, amen, is that every sermon, amen, is not for us. There's things, amen, or issues, amen, that we preach about, and every sermon is not for you. So we need, amen, to find, amen, strength in our own provision. Think about Joseph. Storing away, he has a dream in Genesis. And so Joseph is told in this vision that there's going to be plenty, seven years of plentiful. And then seven years of famine. And so what does Joseph do? He stores, amen, for the, for the seven years of famine, when there's seven years of plentiful. And that's how our life is. We need to store, amen, in our hearts and in our lives, amen, because how many of us know that there's going to be famines in our life? There's going to be different circumstances that come to our lives, and we need to be ready. And this only comes when we do this on a daily basis, amen. People, you know, they, they, they want to serve God when, or want to get a hold of God when, when things go bad in their lives. And when things are good, when things are going peachy in their life, they, they forget about God. And then things start going disarray in their lives, and they're looking for God once, once again. 
Why not just serve God? Why not just, amen, eat of God's food each and every day? So when those bad times do come, we're not, we're not looking, amen, for, for whatever scraps we can get to feed ourselves. And so did Elijah eat the first time? No, God woke him up. Amen. And God did not place new food in front of him. He, amen. The impression is giving, amen, that God didn't. God did not make more food. He just left, amen, what, what uh, Elijah refused to eat. He left it there. And so as just every child of God must one day, sorry, as every child must one day pick up their spoon and eat, amen. How many of us know that our, the parent's not going to feed the child forever? I'm not going to feed, amen, my children well, I mean, Ava's 8, 13, 14, 15, 16. One day they're going to be living on by themselves. And they're not going to be calling daddy or mommy. Hey, come feed me, daddy or mommy. You know, Asher, yeah, he feeds himself, throws some of the food to the side sometimes. But it's, it's good, amen. His mom doesn't have to take the time out to feed him. One day he's going to be able to feed himself without throwing the food to the side. But it's awesome when they, when they can feed themselves. And so great is that day, amen. So John 3, 4 through 5 says this. It says, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again when he is old? He can, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so this, this here, amen, is talking about growth, amen. We, we have to grow in God. Just like children, amen, growing, amen, in, in their physical. And so I want to ask you, how is your growth? How is your spiritual growth? Amen. We all need to grow in God. Our spiritual growth, amen, is what's going to sustain us in the long run. I want to take a look, lastly, at getting up. So we need to locate ourselves. And so God, amen, he asked Elijah this question. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? It was not God asking him, amen, or not God not knowing where Elijah was at the time. Anytime God asks you, where you are in your life is God wants you to evaluate your situation. He did this with Adam and Eve after they had sinned. God asked Adam, where are you? He wanted Adam, amen, to give an account. And so God is always trying to get us, get us to assess where we are in our spiritual life. And so a correct assessment is, amen... The correct assessment is critical, amen, for determining our present or the present place that we are in our life. And not just for now, but in our future. And so Elisha's response is, I have been very zealous for you, Lord. He is still in denial, amen. He is unwilling to bear the responsibility of not taking up and eating. His focus is on himself and Amen. 
not on others. Or his focus was, well, God, you know, what I did in the past. Because how many of us know that he was a, a mighty man of God? And so his response is that I am the only one that's here. I am the only one, amen, that's in the battle. I am the only one. I am left alone. So now God must get involved due to his inability to be truthful with himself and, and God. So God gets involved and he tells this man, amen, to get up. Get out of a cave, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And so we, as we see here, God passes by in a great storm, in a great wind, in a great earthquake. And in the fire, God is, is a supernatural God. We know that. Elijah knows, amen, and is expecting like many times for God to answer him Amen. In a type of in this type of atmosphere, but God doesn't answer him that way. And a lot of times God doesn't answer us. Amen. In that type of atmosphere. The way that God answers us, amen, is in our daily, amen, devotion to him. In the quiet times with God. It says, But God was not in the wind, God was not in the earthquake, God was not in the fire, but God was in a still small voice. And so what this means, what this represents this evening is our daily devotion to God, your alone time with God. Amen. Those times where where no one sees you praying, where no one sees you, amen, what you're doing, amen, but this is amen for your spiritual benefit. And so we tend we tend to focus on the big things, amen. Amen. But God tells him, amen, to eat the small things, the small things in life, his daily devotion, amen, for his journey up ahead. And so it is in the simple, practical moments with God that means the most, amen, in our longevity for God. Mary has chosen the better things that won't be taken from her. Mary and Martha, amen, if you know the story, Martha is distraught. She's going around trying to please everybody, and Mary's sitting there just listening to Jesus. She's having the devotion with Jesus that she needs to have. And Martha's running around, running around. Maybe not giving attention to Jesus. She's all distraught. She's all angry at her sister because she's not helping. Yes, you know, there's, yes, we need to do our duties, amen, in ministry. But you also need that devotional time with God, that alone time with God. That still small voice, we do not know what God said, but it caused, amen, Elijah to wrap his face in his mantle and so this is a sign of holiness and a sign of reverence, amen, for God. And so Elijah comes out of the mouth of the cave. And so if Elijah had not eaten, amen, he would eventually have died. 
And it would have been, amen, the end of his story. But God orchestrated victory because Elijah came out of the cave. Elijah ate, amen. And so I want to say that you're not alone, amen, in the fight with the enemy. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong, courageous, and firm. Fear not, be in terror before them. For, the, for it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will fail you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And so God does not fail us or forsake us. And so without Elijah not eating, there would have been no Elijah. He finds him plowing in the field. But the bigger picture, amen, there would have been a no, no victory, amen, or future victories. And so what is the danger of us not getting up to, amen, getting up, is that we fell short of victory every time. Every time we do not eat, every time, amen, we don't take time out for God, we, every time we will fall short of victory. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? Praise the Lord. You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.